Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you've seen something strange, a cryptid, a ghost, UFOs, Bigfoot, Bunny Man, Flannel Man, anything paranormal, and you'd like to share your story, you can email strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. If you have a short story and you want to leave it as a voicemail, that's the quickest way to get us your story. Right now we're really backed up on interviews, but you can get us your story quickly by leaving a voicemail at 717-347-8554. If your story gets cut off, you can always just call back and continue. Again, that's 717-347-8554. So we got a great show tonight. I'll be talking with Lance, who's bringing some stories of his own and stories from his family in Kentucky. Going to talk about some unseen things in the woods, some boggarts. Bigfoot and more. Tonight we're talking with Lance, who is going to tell us about a few different experiences. Do you want to start with the cryptid thing, or do you want to hit this final mound real quick? Uh, well, we could start uh, wherever you would like. Uh, we could start with Flannel Man. It'd be fine. Yeah, yes, and I, and I know you said you know this maybe or maybe not was paranormal, and you you kind of said to me before we started. Now I don't know if it was paranormal or not. Maybe maybe it's not worth talking about, but uh, I like to catch all the Flannel Mans. So you know, right, right. Whatever it was, let's let's hear the story. Okay, this was uh, I was uh, you know a teenager, eighteen, nineteen. Me and a couple of friends were. Uh, fishing at a local uh, lake, which is it's really much not much more than a, a big pond, less than probably five acres. But uh, we were fishing one night. And it was 
we were out in a boat, and that was another strange occurrence that went on that night. Uh, when we decided to leave, it was really foggy. You know, it started being really foggy. So, we're, and this is a, a we're using a, out in a paddle boat because there's no uh, gasoline motors not allowed out. So, uh, we're paddling in to uh, get back to our the ramp and uh, boat ramp. And the fog just gets dense. Okay, we paddle, paddle, paddle. We wind up back where we started. Two times more. Start back to the. I mean, and, and you have to realize this. You should. You can see one one side from the to the other in daylight. You know, in the end of this. And this happened a couple of different times. Finally, we said, "Well, we're just going to have to hug the bank all the way out." And made it back well you know it took two hours to do what should have been 20 minutes at the most this little trips a lot of the boat up heading back home we're driving a, a little s10 pickup there's three of us you know packed in tight pulling the boat behind so we're coming up uh this little it's a two-lane road but it's really narrow you know so you have to watch for oncoming traffic but we're making pretty good clips. About three in the morning, pop up over this little rise in the road, and there's a guy. He's in the pretty much in the middle of what would be our side of the road. He's walking with his back to, to us. He's got green flannel, a green checkered, green and black checkered flannel shirt, and what looked like. Maybe olive drab or dark sort of work pants. I don't know about the shoes. And he turns his head to over his, would be his left shoulder and look, and you can just see the top of his face. Got black curly hair, and his skin is very, very white. I mean, it's just snow white. And what you could see of his eyes was just. You know, I couldn't tell if there was any people there or what, but it was just like a squint, I guess you would say. And so we're, I mean, he's, and you have to understand, he's right there after you come up above this little rise. And, well, we went on by, and I, there's just really no, I don't see how we we missed, we missed the man. I was expecting at any time to feel, you know, a thump. Right. There wasn't. And, uh, you know, we, uh, I wasn't driving. It was my truck, but I wasn't driving. Uh, my friend cousin was driving, and he was like, you know, just, oh, God, you know, uh, freaking out. And we stopped, got out, looked back. There was nobody, nobody there, nobody in the road, nobody laying in the ditch, nobody walking up the side of the bank, nothing. I mean, there was nothing there. Huh. Now, I'm very interested in, in the, in, well, I'm interested in both parts, but I'm, the first part of your story where you said you, it took you too long to get off the pond. Or, oh. Yeah. Did yeah, you feel like yeah, you were lost was... in the fog, or did you just feel like you couldn't make progress? No, no, no. Um, it was uh, it was a really dense fog. I mean, uh, fog is nothing unusual, but, I mean, it was, it, was pretty, it was pretty dense. And we only had a lantern you know, just a lantern light at the front of the boat. And we would be paddling out, 
the fog would swirl, get, get really, really thick, you know, and paddle, 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 and we would wind up at the same end of this little lake, a little pond that we started. And this happened, uh, you know, twice, at least twice. And it was, it was like the point where this is, this is absurd, you know, this three virtually grown men on a, a small little uh, lake like that and, and can't get the way out, find a way out in a fog. I mean, but we did have, have to just stay right on, within view of the bank, within 10 feet of the bank to get back to the, the boat ramp, mm-hmm. finally, I mean. Yeah, that's really interesting. I wonder if it's a, you know, the, I tell about my one experience of getting lost in about an acre of woods for about an hour uh-huh. or, or more. Uh-huh. And I wonder if it's a similar thing that kind of happened just on the water. Uh, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was sort of uh, frustrating. You know, at the time, I didn't think anything paranormal. Just, well, this, I mean, this is just embarrassing. Uh, yeah yeah i I felt the same way i said you know (laughs) with another grown man we're both kind of consider ourselves you know maybe not you know super woodsmen but comfortable in the woods and we were getting frustrated and i'm I'm glad he was there because i I said like if he wasn't with me i might have sat down by myself and who knows what happened but i think there was kind of a a little unspoken bravado going on between us where neither one of us was going to (laughs) quit but it was very, very frustrating. And, and I didn't, again, just like you said, I didn't think anything paranormal at the time. I just was like, what is going on? Why can't we get through this? Right. Yeah. I understand exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well then, then, uh, yeah. Well, seeing a guy right after this experience, seeing a guy in flannel, I guess definitely worth noting. And then, uh, having him, you know, maybe, or maybe not disappear. I mean, you know, it could have been, I guess it could have been a guy ran off or something, but, uh, well, it could have been, but I was really expecting. I mean, he was far enough, in the, and he didn't look like he went to dodge, dodge <laughs> or jump out of the way or anything. You know, I mean, he didn't. He didn't really, really react at all, other than to glance, like glance back over his shoulder. You know, so I could just see the, you know, I guess the quarter, top quarter of his of his face, you know, mm-hmm. one eye, bridge of his nose. And, I seen him well enough, you know. Uh, I don't know. He he had a really really stark white skin. I mean, and I, I and at that time I'd never seen skin like that, you know, that white. But yeah, I mean, again, that's something I hear with these these final men a lot. Very very pale. Every now and then somebody will say he's ruddy and he had kind of darker skin, but uh, more often you get people saying he's pale. Right. Yeah. What year did this happen? Uh, this would have probably been in 1991. Yeah, about 91, 92. Yeah. And as much as close as you're comfortable, you, know, you can be as general as you want. Where did that happen? No, this would be southeast Kentucky. Yeah. And is that where most of these encounters we're going to talk about have been? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it's in southeast Kentucky. Out the, the the next one I was going to talk about is it's in you know in the in the hills of southeast Kentucky. Uh, it's uh, well, just I just started. You know, it sure. it was uh, me and my, my old man. My dad was uh, going to visit our family cemetery, which is located. You know, I mean, it's it's a good ten miles from the road and from any houses. 
but it's where he grew up. You know, he he had grown up in the area, and uh, our family cemetery is there, and, and we got some family land there. Uh, so this was a weekly thing, and um, I was probably 15, you know, 15, 16, I guess, probably about probably about 15. But I was uh, a secret smoker, you know, I was, I was sneaking and smoking. Hmm. My, uh, my my mother and dad both, you know, they just did not, you know, very anti-smoke. But, you know, that's what teenagers do. So I told the old man, I said, uh, I'm going to go out around the walk the ridge line and squirrel hunt, you know. And I, I didn't have any intention of squirrel hunting uh, I was just going to go smoke. And uh, so I, I said, okay, you know. And so I'm walking along. And this is the top of the ridge is right right straight in front of our family cemetery where, where my dad's uh, sitting, you know. I probably, probably not 200 yards down the, up the ridge line. And I'm walking along and puffing a cigarette. And I start hearing like children, children's voices. And I'm like, well, you know, strange. And then something, it sounded, the best I could describe it, like a pig snorting. Uh, that's what I took it as. I mean, it's not a distressed grunt or anything, just a normal, you know, snoring. Anybody has been around pigs knows, you know. And for some reason, I deduced that some kids were chasing their pig up the hill. Uh, you know, the pet got away. I don't know, escape from farm, I don't know, you know, but that's, I got a real strong mental picture of that, and I got a real strong mental picture of, it was a boy and a girl, and the girl was maybe two years older than the boy, you know, I mean, it just flashed in my head, that's, that's what, who they was, for some reason, so, and I'm, I'm, I'm hearing this for two, three, four minutes, as I'm walking along, it's coming from my right, and now I'm walking a ridge line, so, the right's to my right is down one side of the mountain and to the left is down the other side. It's coming from the right side. So I, I stand there and listen for a minute and it just keeps, and I could never understand what they were saying. It was just like, but it was like they was talking back and forth to one another, you know, like kids would do, mm-hmm. you know. And I could never understand what they're saying. And, I, and of course, they're just the snorting of the pig. So I had to walk back a little bit you know, 10 or 12 feet to where I could see all the way down the wash on that side of the mountain, which were where the, where the, where the sound was coming from. And I walk over there, look down through there. There's nothing moving. I mean, nothing moving. And dead, dead still. And no sound at all. So, you know, I'm pretty perplexed at this point. I mean, like... Uh, I know what I heard. I heard it, you know, plainly, no mistaking what it was and where it was coming from. But there's nothing there. So I kind of just went, oh, well, and took back off to my original path, which was, you know, down the ridge line. And I got back about to where I first had turned back, you know, 10 or 12 feet. And I mean, all at once behind me, it it was just like a, thundering footfalls. I mean, it was, I could feel it, the the impact up my spine and, and, and the snorting sound 
but it was more of a growl then, you know, a snort and growl, snorty, snort like growl. I don't know how to describe it other than that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, I had, I flipped around, I swung around with a shotgun and unloaded the shotgun into nothing. I mean, there was nothing there and took off running. I mean, I took off. If I would have turned around and seen, uh, you know, Satan riding a grizzly, it wouldn't have surprised me. (laughs) I was fully, I was fully expecting to be uh, mowed down by something. The, the, by the force of the foot, foot spalls, you know? So it sa- it sounded that close behind you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I could literally, I could literally feel the vibration going up my feet, going up, you know, into right up my back. I, I fully expected, and I, I, you know, and then there's the split second of of how could anything so big be so close? Because I mean, I was, you know, I was in that area looking around for the noise for for a long time, or you know, for several minutes, and. I mean, it was just, well, it was probably the scariest I've ever been, you know. And I had been in the mountains from the time, you know, from the time I could about walk, literally. And I never was, I never was frightened of the, of, of the woods, per se, you know. But, yeah, I was, I was very frightened. And then I, I ran into I couldn't run the bar, and uh, there was there was a path, you know, I was, uh, I was familiar with it. It kind of circled back to the cemetery uh, where my dad was a long way around. And when I come back, he, you know, he said, "Well, did you get one?" And I was like, "No, I didn't," and because he'd hear me shoot, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like. I just sat there for a few minutes, and then I finally told him what happened. And he was like, "Well, you know," uh, but my old man was uh, has had 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 experiences in that area too. You know, uh, pretty much every one member of my family has had had them and having them. You know, it's an online thing. Mm-hmm. So he said, "Well, you know, there's just some things you can't explain." But uh, I kind of. I kind of got the feeling that, I mean, when it happened, you know, I had a long time to think about it. And I was like, well, you know, there's, there's always, always possibility that you just, you know, you just had a, a, some kind of psychotic break or something, <laughs> you know, I've examined that. And I was like, well, you know, I guess that's possible, but not, not probable because there felt like a, there was a mind behind it. Mm-hmm. There, there felt like I, I felt like there it was a a, a real a, a, it was a joke it was a joke I was sitting I went out and you know and I think that's a point that uh, you know I was 15 year old making a smoke and you know but, but still you know I, I kind of being punished for for my arrogance I guess you know thinking that I was sneaking and smoking I don't know no, that's all I had across my mind. I was going to ask if you if you uh, went out for more smokes in the woods. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I did, I, I did. But uh, I, I'm sorry to say that. Uh, I mean, it was that was such a one offer, or I thought that you know, I mean, you really can't unless you're just not going to. If you're just going to say shut up in a house, you can't avoid. Obviously, you can't avoid whatever these things are you know right right 
I mean, I don't know how much you want to get into your dad's experiences, but did he indicate specifically what had happened to him before? Well, well, he 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 had said when he was a young man, you know, there there was some kids, and I I, I can't think of their name at the moment, but he said that there was a couple of kids, and they fit the description. There was a, a boy and a and a girl. A uh, younger boy and a little older sister, and he said you would run into them anywhere in in the mountains. You know, you could run into them anywhere just out playing. They would play uh, out through the mountains, and uh, nothing happened to them or anything. But he uh, that would suggest the haunting by them. You know, they they both grew up and lived to old ages. But he kind of had the philosophy maybe whatever it was took their persona. You know, because they they were such they enjoyed the woods so much. I I don't know how to explain it other than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I you know I, I never in it never crossed my mind that it was some kind of a what you would expect a ghost. And that's why I didn't never have to know how to classify. It. I mean, it's not a ghost story. You know, I, it's it's not. I didn't see uh, an apparition or 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 anything. And there was nothing. There was no. Uh, I hear I've heard people say, well, they're you know the zone of silence, and there was a little bit of that, but there it was there was nothing that felt out of the ordinary all through the whole experience until I got rushed, you know, right. until the, so I don't know, but yeah, uh, that's what that's what he was he was saying. I wish I could remember the children's name, but uh, so he was saying that he would run into these the children were ostensibly ghosts or spirits or they were alive when he was young? No, but no, no, they were alive. They were alive. Okay. He knew them, you know, he knew the family and he knew the children. And he, it was just, an, it was a common occurrence to, to run into them anywhere, you know, oh, you could gotcha. run into them anywhere. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Play. And, and, and he was maybe suggesting that whatever, whatever that it was that was, had been messing with me, it took their persona or their, characteristics i guess because mm-hmm. they spent so much so much they had so much fun in the hills too you know and it was i mean i definitely got the feeling that i was the butt of a joke you know right <laughs> i mean a very a very scary for me but i could see the humor in it yeah i really could yeah yeah i, I mean for something else got a kick out of giving a good scare mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah. Huh. That's interesting. And I mean, and it's, there's enough like, you know, what other people report here in laughter, kids laughter and kids crying. You get that a lot in these mm-hmm. and And then uh, the footsteps. I mean, I can't tell you. I mean, we very recently, um, my buddy Chad and I, he said we were out at night in the, in the forest and he said something's coming at us. He grabbed me and said, run. And it just, I didn't see anything, you know, I was talking to a third party and I didn't even hear it. And he, he grabbed me. He's like, no, it's something big. And then it just, it just stopped. There was nothing there. So don't know if it's the same thing or it's just something similar, but uh, you know, he said he heard it coming through like a truck and just never, right. never saw anything. Yeah, right. Well, the, the, you know, I've, I've spoke to a few people about it and I've had people suggest that it was, you know, Bigfoot related. And I'm like, no, it's not Bigfoot related unless He's, he's he's invisible and bulletproof because I didn't see a thing and I and I was firing right where the sound was coming from. I mean, this was oh, so you right did, behind me. You did fire the shotgun then? Oh, I did. Yes, I did. 
Yes, oh, I did. Okay. I, like I was saying, I, I, I fully expected to and see what I didn't know, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A, a heavy animal bearing down on me. So, I mean, it was a, yeah, it was a, a self-defense <laughs> move mm-hmm. as my intention there. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. And I mean, you know, this is the middle of the day. This is 12, one o'clock in the day. And I mean, there was no, no shadow or, uh, difficulty seeing anything. It was it was clear, crispy clear day. Yeah, it's very very interesting, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, it's all it's all related, but you know, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Well, it, it is for me. I've come to that. I've come to that conclusion. There's just too many. I mean, there's there's, there's too many too much overlap, and mm-hmm. uh, you know about any kind of subject in the paranormal. There's just too much overlap. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. It's just, I mean, there's just too many things. When, when people talk about hearing, you know, baby crying sounds and then seeing Bigfoot or then seeing an alien or then seeing a goat, you know, it's like, come on. It's like too much is alike between these different things. Right. Yeah, well, this this area that I'm I'm talking about here, I mean, it's like, well, like I was saying, my, my family's been in there for years, you know, from, for, since the late... Uh, 1700s you know and there's been there's been some part of my family living there until recently or you know fairly recently and there's there's just been a lot of stuff happened there did i hear Uh, you right where you said you had to this is 10 miles from the nearest road you're going to like where the family cemetery was yeah any main road you know there's there's dirt roads to it Mm -hmm. uh but any main road, the main road. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Still, that's a good ways out. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty isolated. But, uh, but, uh, my grandfather, uh, to give you another idea of what some of the other things, uh, my grandfather's house, my ways actually my great grandfather had a house and this probably, well, this wouldn't be, this wouldn't be, uh, five, six hundred yards from where this happened, what happened to me there. And he had a room in his house that, and it was just the one room. You, could, you couldn't sleep in it because every time you would go to sleep, anybody would go to sleep or start to go to sleep, something would just cover us up. And uh, those people around here called them Bogarts. Uh, it's pretty uh, pretty common, you know, you, you hear other people speak about it. But... Uh, they went on for years, and my grandfather, uh, which would be his son-in-law, uh, stayed the night there once, waiting for it. And I mean, you have to understand, this was there was no my great grandfather had no electricity; it was coal oil lamps at the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, my grandfather stayed there and uh, waited for it, and he said that uh, you know uh, one, uh, another thing it would it would do is rub a cold hand down your face, you know. And, they, and pull the covers off. It had to those two tricks. But he was laying there, and uh, he said he could feel the cover ruffle right next to his chin, you know, like somebody taking a handful of cover. And when he when he did when he did that, uh, he laid into it and wrestled it. And, and uh, he always said he, he said it was like wrestling a block of ice. It was so wow. cold, wow. <laughs> and he kept trying to crack a match. Uh, and every time he would crack a match, whatever this was, would, would blow it out. 
<laughs> yeah, and yes, and it's, I mean, it's, you you would, I mean, it, the old man was was one of these. He was the old man that you know he he tell you a lie. You know what what's the point of lying? But uh, he, when he said he finally got the one lit, a, a match cracking lit, and got the lamp lit, and this is you guys understand he's he's holding holding on with one hand and and lighting the lamp with the other. He was holding nothing, and it was just gone. Oh, but wow. after that, yeah, after that, no, there, there was no, no more activity in in that room. Ah, but, wow, uh, that's the yeah. Okay, first, super brave. I'm gonna sit in here and wrestle this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you have to understand that 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 his generation they was they was raised in the area, so I mean, you know, it's you did what you had to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, so the the name derivation of Bogart, that's uh, you know I've read that in a lot of you know Celtic fairy books and stuff. So that probably yeah. came came over, you know, with your people. The name for it, I mean, you know, what I mean, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. that's really neat. The other thing I want to point out, so this part of Kentucky in the 1700s, actually any part of Kentucky in the 1700s, this is the frontier at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there's nothing out there. Allison's father does genealogy and my paternal family went down to West Virginia. And it, it was, I think it was all Virginia territory at that point, even though like what, had, what became Kentucky and all that stuff. And yeah. uh, that, that's when he says it's hardest to track my family. Cause they're just out there on the frontier essentially. And there's just, there's just not a lot of records or anything else going on because they're, you know, this, it's just complete wilderness at that point. So it's worth noting that, if your family was out there that long ago, that was something else back then. You know, it was completely wild at that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was wild when they, when they started, when they set up there. Yeah, absolutely. Bogart, is that just it, common usage amongst uh, people or, or was that just in your family? No, it's, it was pretty common uh, for the older, you know, most older folks used that. I would use that in, uh, I guess, for there's other there's there's another that I would classify um, pretty common occurrence uh, when people rode horses not so much any horse not so much nowadays but they would also call this a bogart and hit it would like you would be riding a horse or a team of horses that you know several people in the group you could feel something jump behind on behind you and. It would ride a certain distance, always the same distance at a certain point, jump off. Mm. They call that Bogart too. So I don't, I, I guess they use it for, as a generic term for anything that was like nonsensical. I mean, what, what was, what would be the sense of that? You know, just, and you, uh, that was uh, be all that you would feel too, but the horse would yield, you know, when it would jump on and then you could feel it. You have a little bit when it jumped off, and then if you come back through, he would pick the same horse that rode, and in the you know the first trip and ride back at the same two points. Now that was common. That was a common um, known uh, happening in this area, and and that happened in several different hollows. You know, those what you would say here, and there would be several different hollows would have the exact same same kind of occurrence. And it would always be some kind of landmark, a, a big rock next to the road, or, or, or a creek, 
you know, or whatever, it crosses the path or whatever. It would always be some kind of spot we we marked a landmark of some kind. Right. Which is interesting as well because there's a lot of uh, a lot of fairy lore. We'll have them living inside of big rocks, and of course, right. we've noted a, a million times how often things happen near creeks and stuff. So, very very interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. I love that folklore like that. That's really really cool. Something. Uh, I mean, I've you know I've pondered on this for years. I've had an interest since I was a young kid. You know, hearing hearing all these family stories, and then. You know, when I could read whatever I could, all, all kinds of different things. And and it never really made sense to me that, you know, ghosts, everything gets lumped in with a ghost. Anything that's, and I was like, well, these are, these kind of occurrences, they're just nonsensical. Right. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, what would be the point of a go of a haunting? And I, I'm, I'm, really leaning towards some kind of fairy lore for explaining a lot of things yeah i think so yeah. I think when you think of it as i mean first defining ghosts as the spirits of dead people what what purpose would that serve you know mm-hmm. to me it's almost like they're kind of replaying parts of their life you know if if that's what they are you know if they're have some kind of active agency where they're mm-hmm. doing, doing things that they didn't do you know, you know if someone's repeatedly sees a the same old woman, you know, walk from the kitchen to the, the, you know, whatever the dining room or whatever, and disappear. You think, well, maybe that's just they're sort of replaying something, you know, that that happened before. But uh, yeah, like you say, when these kind of things that just don't make sense, it's just weird things. It, it just doesn't seem like the spirit of a dead human. You know, it seems like something else. Right. Yes. I know you were interested in. Uh... Bigfoot uh, stories, and I've got I do have one. Oh yeah, uh, from from my from this this happened to my dad, and um, this was uh, this would be in the same general area. It's probably maybe a mile mile and a half as crow from from all these other weird instances. But you know, he he was he was probably eighteen at the time. You know, I've heard this story all my life, so. Uh, he was coming home one night, you know, uh, and was walking. And he said it was really, really cold and dark and really couldn't see much of anything, just stay with the gravels, you know, in the road. Uh, said, you know, the wind was blowing and he didn't have a, a, no, a hat, so he had his collar of his coat lift up high and buttoned up and had his hands in his pockets. Uh, would kind of lean forward, walking into the into the wind, you know. So all at once, uh, he just walks into what he said was a wall of hair, and uh, she threw out his hands, you know, in a reflective motion, and grabbed two handfuls of hair oh, wow. on either side. <laughs> yeah, and he said it was it was like, uh, you know, it was hair. It was like it was. Three or four inches. He could. He got handfuls of it, and uh, he said whatever it was took off up the mountain, up, up the hill from the or the road, you know, out of the road, and he took off down the down the creek, which was frozen. And he said he was busting his butt, you know, every step or two, but he he, he got out of there. And, and next day, he said he went back, and the next day with a rifle, you know, 
the driveway and I could see where it tore up the bank getting to getting up to the top of the bank but after it leveled out it, you know it was, the ground was too hard to leave any sign but now he never did say well you know i grabbed her big foot he never did say that he he always said you know i walked into a wall of her right and and I kept, you know, I, over the years, I was like, well, you know, it was a bear. And, it was, and I'm like, no, you know, at, at the time, there was no bear in this area. But if he would have walked into a bear, you know, in the, in the middle of the winter, in the middle of the night, well, he would have been mauled. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. And in the, in, the, in the second place, too, my old man was, you know, good size, good size man. He's 6'2", and you got a... Uh, uh, wingspan of uh, uh, that amount, a six foot wingspan, and you're grabbing her. I mean, there sure ain't no Kodiaks in Kentucky, you know. Right, right. So, that would be a massive black bear. Mass, yes, it would have to be. But now he would never say. He would never say. Well, I, but I mean, he would kind of. What else? What else? You know. Right. But and uh, my old man had some weird experiences. But now you know he never did. He he never did like like it i mean he, he he was he was a uh uh you know literature wise he was more you know like western and war and history mm-hmm. and he never liked the paranormal stuff but a lot of stuff did happen to him honestly i'd say if that was a bigfoot he got away easy because the stories i have and I've, I've collected two of them now of people literally running into him at night they don't end well both of them uh, got well, in well yeah, he did. I mean, so he he, uh, he he was he got lucky. I think if if that's what it was, because <laughs> I was telling people, well, if, if you get a chance, like if you're within touching range, I wouldn't reach out and touch him because the stories I've heard do not end well when people touch him. Right, right. Well, I mean, you know, he. I don't know. Uh, he he was just he always had the impression that he surprised whatever it was. You know, he. Mm-hmm. It was it was as surprised as he was because I mean he was walking into the wind, so he was downwind of anything ahead of him anyway. So right, you know he he said, well I'm just I, you know I, whatever it was he he had he got the impression the way it took off away in the opposite direction he did right it, yeah, it startled startled it yeah. And both startled both it. both of them running in in opposite directions. <laughs> right yeah yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. There's there's a lot of strange things that's happened in in that area, and you know uh, my old man was more he was more uh, uh, ape and wood type guy as far as when he did talk about Bigfoot, you know he was more uh, he never did really consider it paranormal. Yeah, um, well I think but, and, and I always say I don't blame like if you're a hunter or something and you just run into one in the woods or just see one walking by or something and if you're in a tree stand. I never blame those people at all for thinking they're just natural. What would you think? You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that seems perfectly logical to me. It's uh, it's only when the people, like I said, the people who have repeat experiences, that's when they start talking about the really weird stuff. And, uh, right. you know, so that, that's what kind of keys me into to like, okay, there's, there's something else going on here, but yeah, I, I don't blame people. If that's, that's all that happened. I would absolutely think, you know, if that's all I knew, I was in a tree stand or something and one walked by or I, you know, saw one in the woods and I was a hunter. Absolutely. I would, I don't blame people for a second for just thinking they're, they're just some kind of unknown animal. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you don't have any indication otherwise in, in a lot of circumstances. But, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Same thing with people see him crossing the road or something. From all reports, they look, in most times, 90% of the time, they look solid and real and just look like a regular creature. So if you just see one cross the road in front of your car or something or see one alongside the road, yeah, I don't blame people for thinking they're, they're natural at all. You know, it's only only when you dig in and start really sort of collecting all this, the weird stuff and there's enough of it for me. There's enough of it where it it, it really kind of changed my mind on the topic. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And you start getting some some of the Bigfoot. Uh, I mean, they get they get uh, they get really uh, worked up, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, they're natural they're natural animals, but oh, they mind speak, you know. Well, uh, they mind speak you. They're not natural. I mean, yeah. it's just like you can't. You gotta follow a logical train here, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's exactly, and and you know, I'll even go so far sometimes to say, okay, if they're natural, they have abilities that we don't understand. That's the only thing, you know. What I mean, so okay, let's say they're natural. They're some kind of animal, but either they're the kings of evolution and they've evolved things that that no other you know animal has, or they just have access to some talents or abilities or something that we just don't even have a clue how they work so mm. that's the only way i can i can make it work in my head as a natural animal and then at that point like right. you said, at what point does that turn from a natural animal to something you know something else yeah all right well i don't know i, I i've been thinking about these cryptids and then you get some more exotic cryptids like uh, dog man and, and for you know different you know i can see where bigfoot makes you know makes sense uh historically speaking and but you get into these dog man type and other type cryptids and i mean i I, mean, I start to draw the line there i was like no they're not i don't see any possible way that these could be natural cryptids you know um they're just not scientifically plausible. Yeah, yeah. That's what, a dog is a pretty efficient thing. Like, it, yeah, you know, it doesn't, to evolve to into that form, it just it makes I can't make it work. It, again, it's, no. Yeah, it, it. I cannot see that for a second. And the fact that you know we have this folklore from all over the world that talks about these things right alongside us or throughout history and not none of this folklore says they were natural things werewolves or uh you know right. these, these different shape changing things that you know the the uh, first nations people talk about none of them say they were just natural animals they're always something you know supernatural in some way or another so right yeah to me it's like we don't need to reinvent the wheel right to talk about these things it's, the history is there it's just you know it's folklore at, at this point which for me, that's just different names we had in the old days for calling the stuff. And, and the reports, you know, maybe they got exaggerated or changed around a bit over time. And that's whispering down the lane. That's, that's the folk process that happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes I wonder, though, if some of these manifestations, which, I, you know, I do believe people are seeing, seeing dog men or, uh, but what, what they really are. I mean, I think there's some kind of man- manifestation of something else. Mm-hmm. And what purpose, you know, the purpose that could be, you know, that's up for debate. Personally, I, I believe there's some, there's some kind of uh, feeder. They, uh, they manifest to uh, exploit energy somehow, you know, from the environment. 
uh, you know, you've got a lot. Uh, the thing I said about uh, in like dog manure, if you get you've got an apex predator or something that's nothing. There's nothing like it. And words of the accounts of it really predating. I mean, mm-hmm. you see it eating eating roadkill and uh, harassing people. I mean, uh, you know, doing harassing actions towards people or what is it uh, stimulating fear you know mm-hmm. feed off fear mm-hmm. uh, i don't know i mean and there could be a you know there could be a lot of reasons why they manifest but i i feel a lot of times that a lot of these cryptids are are, are some kind of drones to to interact in the physical plane for to do some kind of energy exploitation i mean I don't yeah, like that. Well, especially the Tongman reports are, I mean, people report just being terrified by these things. And not, I mean, I can't, I've listened to a bunch of them. I haven't listened to every single one, but I've listened to a lot of different accounts and they're, they're not attacking people. They're scaring them, you know, right? they'll get right up in their face and scare the heck out of them, but they're not clawing them to pieces. That's not what right. people are reporting. They're, they're, they're saying that, you know, came up to my car window or it did this or it did that it, you're right it uh-huh. seems like they're, try, they're trying to get some kind of fear reaction mm-hmm. yeah you can't be you, you can't you can't designate something an apex predator and then hit not hit not do his nature you know hit not right hunt to kill right and, uh, yeah and and something that big needs all the calories it can get exactly exactly yeah so, so I have I have that same argument when it comes to uh, to the Bigfoot. And I'm so well. What what would be the the caloric requirements for uh, an average what 600 pound primate? I mean, you know, with the big uh, what, brain. What kind? Of, yes, with the big yeah. brain. What what? I mean, does does this does the does the woods? Do, I mean, I could see that in something in in Canada and you know in some untapped areas, you know, but we get them. All over. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. what kind of imp- what kind of impact would that have on wildlife? And you and you you would you have to assume it would be an omnivore. You know, what what a, what kind of an impact would that have on on wildlife? Right. You you will start noticing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't see it. Uh, I just don't see how it's workable. Yeah, and especially you know people talk about finding these Bigfoot kills, and they're saying, well, only the the liver was taken, or only. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if it would take, it would need every single part. You know? mm-hmm. and, and that's what, uh, you know, First Nations people, they use every part of every animal because mm-hmm. it made sense to, you know, you, you want the calories, you want to be able to use everything you can. And yeah. you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's it, not only that, but the, they're not processing the food, or if they are, they're really good at hiding their fires because it's not like we're seeing them filled with fires at night. Uh-huh. So they're eating raw because, uh-huh. so, you know, this means they're not processing the food like we are. They're not getting the calories. You know, that's the most efficient way to get calories from meat just to cook it. Uh, right. You know. But you mentioned taking the liver. Liver is liver is a very uh, blood and you know saturated organ i do believe that there i do believe that there's a connection with with blood in a lot of these uh cryptids i mean you know we've got centuries of, of folklore that that says that blood there's something magical or special or or energetic about blood uh i'm you know i, I do see i can see that mm-hmm but but like you said, if it was a natural animal, there, there shouldn't be a, a morsel left. Right, right. I, I, especially something that big with a big brain. It's just I, I I've done the research on it just for the book I'm working on, and uh, you know they said if a if a mountain gorilla, which is not anywhere near, I mean the tallest mountain gorilla is was I think six and a half feet tall ever. So these aren't even mm-hmm. close to the size of, of reported Bigfoot, but. If a mountain gorilla had a brain our size, it would have to eat, and it, it eats constantly. When it's awake, it's eating. Like they're foraging constantly, right. so they would need another hour and a half in their day to get enough food to power the brain. Which basically they need a longer day. Essentially, there's not enough time right. day for them to get the, enough calories they would need if they, if they had a brain the size of ours. So yep. you know, if you just extrapolate that to you know something the size of a Bigfoot, it just it's really hard equation to, to make. I just, that's one of the most difficult things for me to, when people yeah. talk as a natural animal, say, what are they eating? Where, where are they going? Where are they coming from? And, and I, and I, you know, because I'm in a, you know, York County, Pennsylvania, where I live, there's no wilderness left there. We have some, you know, woods and wooded areas and, and stuff, but no true wilderness where, you know, untouched by man. So, right. and people see them here all the time. I get tons of reports come on like where are they living where are they going where, where do they eat it's just it so much of it just doesn't make sense but the the calories especially when i'm out in the woods and i'm looking and it's like wow and in, in the middle of winter they have to be purely purely carnivores and there's you know we, we'd be finding bodies all over the place of, of animals yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i agree i agree I do want to uh, uh, commend you on your uh, the powwow uh, episode. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I was going to ask you about that anyway. Yeah, let's let's. Yeah, that that is uh, big, and or, or I should say, used to be big in, in the area. It's kind of dying out now, which is a shame. But I never personally never could get the origin. You know, it's like uh, 
it was like a man could tell a woman, woman could tell a man, but I never did get an origin uh, of, of a lot of those, uh, I guess, charms and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, until your episode, I, I really, that's, I, I posted that, actually posted that to my Facebook page uh, so, you know, the family and stuff could see it. But, yeah, that's really, that was really interesting. That used to be, I mean, it used to be very common, you know, uh, in the area, but a lot, a lot of the older, a lot of older uh, culture and folklore is sadly dying out with them. Yeah, and, and that's age. Yeah, that's that's everywhere. Sadly, so so would yeah. would there be like a, you know, like a like a a local man or somebody you go to for healing? Was that the idea, or, or a woman? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had an aunt. Well, it would be a great aunt, great aunt uh, <clears throat> that could. I do a lot of things, uh, you know, she could draw fire and, um, well, she could do a lot of things. I remember one time she's my aunt, my other aunt, uh, would, which would have been her, uh, daughter-in-law, uh, had frost, frostbit her aunt, her, uh, heels really bad. And we, we're talking 1900s here, you know, um, and she, she come over to, to her house and she said, well, but what's wrong? And my, my aunt Ellen said, well, I've frost, Prospect my heels, and she tells uh, her husband, says, go out and kill me a rabbit and bring it straight to me uh, when you kill it. So he goes out, shoots a rabbit, brings it in. She pulls, she takes uh, her hands, pulls the hide off the rabbit and places it on my aunt's heels. And she tells her, says, now leave this on till I tell you to take them off. Put you on some thick socks, leave them out, you know, till I t- I tell you to take them off. So you know, Samantha goes for a week and with her socks, you know, and this, and she about forgot it, you know. And she goes back, said, "Well, when can I take these rabbit skins off? You know, the smell." And she said, "Oh, I forgot about that." Mm-hmm. Takes and pulls them off. Takes and pulls them off, and and there's no no sign of frostbite or frostbite. So flesh of her heels was pink and new and perfect. I mean, you know, I don't know if that's per se in the powwow, but she, but she, um, and there was another time, uh, my uncle's horse had, uh, got bit, or his mule got, uh, snake bit. Now he was really worried because that was your livelihood. Right. Yeah. And that day, yeah, and he, he took it to her and she leads it out into the stream and takes water out of the stream and just dips it up on it and, they, the rest of the people there, the rest of my family was there didn't know what she they said she was saying something muttering something and rubbing that rubbing that uh, mule's leg said she come two minutes come leading leading it out and there was no sign no swelling no no sign of even a, a bite had taken place just uh, yeah there's some I mean I've always believed it you know I always believed it. well I've seen it work you know Right, right. The buying, yeah. buying the, the buying of warts and and whatnot, which you know people say, oh, you're superstitious. Well, okay, whatever, it works. I don't need yeah. any more confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> well, warts and stuff like poison ivy, it seems mm-hmm. to be demonstrably effective. In other words, these things are also the easiest to cure with hypnosis. For instance, mm-hmm. uh, hypnosis mm-hmm. is a, a really, really good rate for for curing warts. So it makes sense that the same kind of thing would work. You know, whatever mechanism mm-hmm. you know, is working with hip- hypnosis works with that. 
Yeah, it's really, really interesting. So did they call it by a name? Like I, I heard in Appalachia sometimes it's called Granny Magic. Did they call it that or did they just? Uh, I've heard it called that, but more more, uh, more like white witchcraft. Mm-hmm. They call it white witchcraft or white witchery or, mm-hmm. you know. And then you got the like dowsers. They would be water witch. Right. You know, you call them water witches. Yeah, and I'm, that's I we called them here as well, the, or at least in Maryland, where I, where I grew up. Right. The, the, yeah, that's a, that's a really good. Uh, I was I was I was really thrilled when you uh, when I heard your podcast in there because I was I mean I've been you know a long time I've been wondering about the origins of that stuff and. Yeah, well, I mean, there, it seems like there was a strain of you know. So that's the powwow was the German stuff. And I think there was a strain that came over, you know, with the Irish and Scottish and so forth as well. Uh-huh. And I think, you know, that survives in pockets of Appalachia, but I don't know if they have a book, you know what I mean? Like, like we had that oh, right. friend that, that kind of documented it. I don't know if there's one book or, you know, do you know if she, if she had anything like that, a book or, or. No, no, as far as I could gather, it was all oral, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you had to, and you had to pass from a, a man to a woman and, and, vice versa, you know, pass it like that. Right. To, that's as deep as I could get into it. Uh, that's as deep as anybody really knew. But there's there's a lot, there is a lot of German influence in, in this area. You know, it's mostly Scotch-Irish, but there's, you know, there's a heavy German, uh, or back in the day, there was a heavy German influx too into mm-hmm. this part of Appalachia. So it's all got blended in, and I'm sure it's there's a, a lot of blended in with Cherokee. Uh, yeah folklore and medicine and, and whatnot yeah well i mean if you lived let's say back then you lived 10 or 20 miles from town it, that's a haul you know it's not oh, like you yeah. can hop in a car and go you know this is mm-hmm. this is something that if you so if the doctor's 10 miles away 20 miles away you know you need these people that can that can heal you know they, they were needed in the community i i honestly think that's you know, they really played an important part in, in those old rural communities. I really, I really believe it. And uh, probably saved a lot of lives, honestly, because you need somebody, you get burned up real bad. You, you know, what are you going to do? You need somebody who's helping right. right away. And if they, if they've got remedies, you know, whatever works, works at that point. But uh, yeah, absolutely. I've got a couple more personal experiences but they're really, they're even more so, a couple of, or one of them is even more so weird than, than the, uh, whatever that I interacted with in the woods that day. I mean, I, and I mean, I was younger uh, when this happened, but I've got a pretty good memory. I mean, I can remember stuff, and I know, you know, memory, how how it, well, it can be unreliable and all that. And I, I, I'm, I'm, scientific based I, I wish the world was was as simple as, as you know materialism and stuff like that but you know I've had experiences that tells me otherwise right but uh, I was about five or six and I had actually started really wanting to talk about this after I had kids I, I mean I didn't have children until I was my first one was when I was 38, and uh, after I started, I had children, and I started thinking, well, if these things happen to me, I want them to know about it, 
you know, I want them to be prepared because more than likely, so, you know, they're going to run into this sometime in their life. Right. But uh, what had gotten me, I brought this story up strongly. Uh, there was a the story in uh, one of uh, Linda Goffrey's slight, uh, books, uh, I think it's Monsters Among Us. There was a story, and it was re- really surrealistic in a way, but there was a, a, a child, or I think it was a girl, and a man was holding up a manhole cover. I think this was in California, and he was beckoning for her to come, and then uh, to him, and then he started transforming into a dogman type figure. That's, I guess that's why you know it was in the book. Mm-hmm. Well, the beckoning, the beckoning part really got to me, uh, and I actually e- had emailed her about it and corresponded with her a little bit about the story. But so I was about six, five or six, and I had got my dad. My dad was always he was a typical, you know, American dad wanted his son to be a major league ball player, you know, baseball right. player. Well, he had he had gotten me for my birthday a, a full size wooden major league bat, and I mean, you know, obviously it was a bit big for for my age, but uh, we, him and my me, and my sister and me would all you know play it play in our front yard. He would pitch the ball back and forth and whatnot, and I had my bat out there one day, and I can't remember what what it was that I got mad about, but uh, it was unreasonable, you know, I, I, even at the time I know I was being a brat, you know, about it. So I storm off and I'm, I'm going to take my bat and leave, you know? So I, I, I walk around the corner of our house with, with my bat and I'm out in the backyard, just or side yard, just being a brat, just stew, stewing. And I swear this is, you're going to think this, I mean, this is crazy. But uh, there was a voice coming from out from under the crossface. And the crossface stayed up, I mean, it was uh, square, about uh, big enough for a, a grown man to just get under access to, to the crossface. And there was a voice come, come from there, and it said my first name, and it said, come under here. And I'm like, uh, you know, and I just stand there for, you know, swing my bat around us. And he kept saying that. He kept saying my name. It said, kept saying, come under here. And I thought at first I was like, it was my sister. And because it did vaguely sound like her. And I was like, you know, you better stop. Because I was, you know, I was a, a, a ruffian. When I was younger, you know, so my sister was, she was, she's seven years older than me. So we, we kind of had a, you know, <laughs> a relationship or a rough relationship, you know, loving, but, but rough. Mm-hmm. And I thought she was, she was messing with me and I said, you better stop, you know, and it said her name and it said, I'm not her. It said, come under here. And I mean, he'd done that two or three times and I'm like, um, no, uh, you know, I kept insisting it was her and I like, uh, and it kept insisting that it wasn't. I mean, it was at night. It said, I'm not, I'm not her. I said, but it, it would say, come under here. 
And I was I was getting closer to the to the crawl space while I was talking to him. I mean, this went on for a good five minutes, and, and I kept thinking because I kept thinking it was her messing with me, my sister messing with me, and I kept getting closer closer to the crawl space. And I said, "No, I'm not coming into there." I said, "You come out here," and I was very back with the baseball bat, and I was meaning to clobber, you know, whoever, my sister, whoever. For uh, doing that to me, and it's like you know, no, I, I'm not her. Come under here. I said, well, I'm not coming under. If you're not coming out, then, then I guess what is, yeah. Then I walk around to the front of the house, and my sister's out there, still out in the yard playing ball with my dad. And I was like, then it shook me. I mean, it really shook me. Yeah. And I went, I went, sat down on the front porch, and don't remember saying much for the rest of the day. But the voice was really, really weird. And I tell you, it, it kind of sounded like my sister. And then it kind of sounded like my mother. And I don't know if you're a fan of the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's a part where, where they think Gandalf, you know, is dead. Uh, the rest of them, the heroes, and they're in that forest. And they think Gandalf's dead. And and he appears. But it, the voice kind of phases between him and his voice and, and the other wizard's voice. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was like. That's what it was like. It was kind of like phasing, like because they sound. Well, of course, they sound similar anyway. You sound similar, but but distinct enough to know the difference. So it would like phase between those two. And I was like, oh no! Wow. And then my my mother was the only one else at home that, that day, and and I mean, I was probably in my twenties before. I finally asked her, and she's like, no, you know, no, I never, because I, I thought she might have been trying to teach me a lesson, you know, for being a brat. And she said, no, I wasn't, I didn't do that, I was mean, and I know my mother is the type that she never let us believe in Santa Claus, you know, because that would be a lie, you mm-hmm. know, there's no Santa Claus. So she, she, she said it wasn't her, so, but that was my, that's my voice from the crawl space, and I had actually heard you on the episode with uh, of the uh, Word of the Road Go podcast, and I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he had mentioned something about a uh, a little girl had seen a cartoon character under a trailer yeah. that was yeah. trying to get her to come out of there. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, uh, I didn't see anything. I mean, I didn't see anything. I just, there was just a voice. And, right. Uh, yeah, that's so bizarre. That is so bizarre. Yeah. Man, I you know, probably a good thing you didn't go under there, you know. I mean, right. Well, I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking, you know, I mean, if that happened to me, uh, I mean, what what's happened? What's happened to to other people that do, you know, especially children? What happened? I mean, it's it's like it's a movie, like a it sort of. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, you know, you but I guess they would just disappear. Children would just disappear. But uh, I mean, that's. And I mean that has, you know, it bothers me to think about it right now. Yeah, yeah. And and then, you know, I try to, I try, I don't like that. I don't like that kind of thing. I like the the scientific explanations and, and logic and reason. And but I know that I know that that's not a false memory or anything. I know that that happened because it was burned into my mind. Mm. You know. Wow. So, so um, was there a was there a sort of an open area where you you could have easily gone under? Oh yeah, yeah. I could I could just 
more or less not even have to crawl at that at that size to get out of there. I could just you know goose stepped on there a little mm-hmm. bit, goose walked. But uh, I don't know. It was coming from. I mean, it's coming from far enough back, of course, that I couldn't see. You know, right? Anything. Right. But uh, yeah, that's was, uh, that's so creepy. Anything at the time that something's either calling out the kids or. You know, you hear stories of things, uh, you know, kind of waving kids over, you know, like, like, mm-hmm. come here, motion. Got a couple of Susqu- uh, Sasquatch reports with that. Anytime that happens, it's like, wow, that's so creepy. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's, especially given all these, you know, missing 411 cases and stuff. And I'm not saying that explains one of them. I'm just saying, you know, who yeah. knows? Who knows? Who knows what happens if you would have gone under there? Right, right. Well, I mean, like I was saying, you know, I won't. I wanted to, I've got a, along in my life now, I've got a, a profession, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a professional person, and I, I always kind of took, I kept it, these things quiet for, you know, I don't want, I, I didn't want stigmatized with these. It's not, and it's not, I'm not like one of these people this happens to on a regular basis, you know, this is over a lifetime these things have happened. Right, right. It's, it's, it's been very prominent. You know, there's no, there's no explaining it without uh, invoking some kind of paranormal. You know, some something from the paranormal. Right. But uh, my, I, you know, I wanted my, I'm my children to be aware that, mm-hmm. that you can. There's there's things that you can't explain. Yeah. There's been many decades now that I've not really talked about these things, but comes to a point where you you got to get it out. You got to leave it for you mm-hmm. know for the ones that come after. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I truly believe that. I think that, and I've said it before, I, I like that this podcast, it kind of serves a dual purpose in, in that form for me. It, one, it's, it's documenting these stories in a sort of folkloric way. I can't write every story down in a book. You know, I would if I could, because I get so many great stories on here. But, right. you know, a good way I can document a lot of stories is to do this weekly and talk to people, you know, all the time. And uh, the other thing is that the more people hear somebody, you know, somebody is going to hear you and say, well, if he told his story, I'll tell my story, you know? Right. Well, that's, that's one reason that, that I went ahead and, and, you know, and I've started writing, writing some, writing some of the stories, these stories down. And I wanted it to, you know, be out there. And uh, I wanted, I wanted to just ask your opinion about something. Uh, You know, I've been, I got, active on twitter uh started a blog and got to try to get active on twitter and just kind of connect with people and there seems to be just a almost insurmountable divide between what i would call mainstream uh paranormal uh subjects and more in-depth of the root of it what's where is this coming from top you know do you, do you understand what i'm saying absolutely and and, and i don't want to say that there's active it's active uh i don't I, but i don't it took me i've been active on twitter for at least two years now and i discovered your podcast a few months ago just or, or maybe a couple of months ago when i first contacted you mm-hmm. and i mean that this is and this is daily looking into uh or seeing what what people are talking about and what's been written and whatnot and you can't get past a certain the fluff you know that's a retail and of old legends well that's great and stuff but 
talk about recite old ghost stories from you know and 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 UFO famous UFO and Bigfoot cases. I could about recite that. I want I want something deeper, and and it's and there's it's almost like there's an act, active uh, suppression effort. I don't know. It sounds conspiratorial, but it's I'm, I'm um, yeah. It's it's really you know, and I and I've I've said in private to the we have a uh, a sort of private chat with all the uh, the sort of behind the scenes people from where did the road go and, and strange familiars and so forth. And I've said several times on there that, uh, you, you know, I think, and I don't want this to sound egotistic, but I, I, I just think we're coming at it in a different way. Let's put it that way. I think we're, Absolutely. We're, we're coming at the problem in a different way. And I'm very, very happy about that because you're right. It's a fight. When I talk to ghost hunters, for instance, you know, very nice people. This ghost hunting group invited me to be a part of their group. They're super nice people. I, I like them. Some of them have really, really interesting techniques they're using and stuff. But if you suggest for a second, like, hey, maybe this isn't like the spirit of a dead person. Maybe there's something else going on here. You will get a blank stare. And that's all you will get. Right. It does not go beyond that for them. And uh, heaven forbid if you say, hey, you know, I'm doing the same thing out in the woods. You think they're connected. It's like, what? There's no, there's a complete, you know, disconnect there. Uh, they've, it's very compartmentalized. The UFO people, for the most part, want to talk about UFOs. They do not want to talk about ghosts or Bigfoot. And the same thing, you know, with the Bigfoot people in general. They don't want to talk about UFOs. They don't want to talk about ghosts. That stuff's crazy. They want to talk about Bigfoot. And same with the ghost people, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, I don't know why the resistance. I really don't. Uh, I can understand a little bit from the, the cryptozoolog cryptozoological crowd because they are very, very invested in proving it's an animal. And right. if somebody like me comes along and just, I, I'm a thorn in their side constantly. So I, but I understand it. I understand that, you know, cause they've worked, some of these guys have worked their entire life to prove this is an animal, you know? So, and here I come along just again and again saying, I don't think so. I don't think so. And here's why. So I, I you know, I can understand that pushback, but it's like ghost people. I really don't understand. Like, why aren't you guys ready to like, expand you know let's let's look at you know how it relates if if you're trying to collect you know, i talked to a guy he's trying to collect ghost hair in a comb and i said you know I'm, I'm telling him like you're doing the same thing i'm doing you know he's talking about right. footprints and powder collecting hair in a comb and, and fingerprints on a mirror from ghosts i said i'm doing the same thing in the woods and it, again right. i i just it just isn't i don't know i don't know why i'm hoping we can bust down some of these walls you know <laughs> yeah but, well, I, I, I see it's it's kind of uh, uh, this is the pattern that brought me to your your show. I heard uh, I had heard Josh uh, Kutchin mm -hmm. on another on another podcast on the I see what it's called uh, Ram of the Paranormal. I think it is now. But I had been corresponding with those guys for for, for a while, and I had heard him on that show, and and you know looked him up and came you know through that to, to your show and i was like this is just too complicated i mean why 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 and you've been doing the show for years you know and why has this not come up on my radar before <laughs> it's, just, it, it's, it's bewildering you know and i'm still talking about well you know i i, I work for a living but this is my for years couple, at least a couple of years now this has been my main focus uh, besides my family 
outside of my job and right it's taken this long it's just so strange yeah i mean i think it's a minority of people but i think it's growing i think the, the people that are willing to just let's talk about this in a holistic way the, the entire you mm-hmm. know i'm a, it's growing and uh you know there have been people who, who did this way before me i mean i think john keel was doing it you know in the 70s and some of his uh, fellow researchers back then you know so this is nothing you know we invented or anything but i think mm-hmm. it just takes a long time for people to come around to it because you know I, I used to work at a guitar shop and the owner said you know, the hardest thing to do is to sell a guitar to somebody whose cousin played guitar and they told them blank brand you know brand x was the best guitar because right. they look up to their cousin and their cousin was the first person they knew that played guitar and th- and that person told them brand x is the brand you have to get and to right. try to tell them anything but brand x is like climbing a mountain so i think there's some of that that goes on in this too people are you know their friend is you know introduces them to you know this ghost hunting group or something and they get involved and and that's the way you know that they were introduced so that's the way it is, you know, yeah, yeah. convincing people or shaking them out of that is difficult sometimes. But like I said, I think people yeah. are coming around to it. I, I do think more and more people are, are open to it. Well, I, I'm, you know, I'm glad to, I'm glad to finally uh, find some like-minded uh, individuals out there. I mean, it's, I was getting really, 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 uh, the, you know, discouraged uh, because, I mean, you know, you, you can just go so far with retelling these old, you know, historic s- stories. And I'm not, I don't want to sound, I don't know, you know, uh, but, you know, ghosts are so, just so, it's just become boring, you know, just plain old, uh, plain old ghost stories, I mean. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just, it's it's been saturated with, these ridiculous, uh, you know, uh, reality right, TV yeah. goes, and it's just so it just got to the point of absurdity, and it's hard to give it a discussion with, like you said, it's hard to give a discussion that goes, well, no, okay, this thing, this is this stuff has been happening since recorded history, and we're stuck in these, we're stuck in these boxes, you know, we're just, let's just think outside the box a while. Yeah, I'm ever all my work might lead to nothing, you know. Um, I hope not. I hope you know I'm able to do something, but no, well, you know, I, I'll tell you, I was speaking for myself. I'm, I'm glad you're doing what you are doing because, like I said, it, it was getting very, uh, very discouraging, uh, you know. And I was these the stories that I've got and uh, the stories that uh, my, has happened to my family, you know, I want to put out there, and I was like, well. I don't know how to, you know, I've got so, I'm kind of like so saturated with all this. Um, it's the opposite of writer's block is what do you put in and how do you classify it? And how do you, mm-hmm. how do you try to make people see that maybe, maybe there's a pattern here. Or maybe there's a root cause or a root source for a lot of these things. You know? Right. Right. I mean, it's, that, it's no coincidence that you're telling all these stories that happen around this one property, you know? Yeah. And, Maybe it's that it's all happening around this one family, your family, or maybe it's both. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the way your family and the land, you know, react together in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I do believe it's, uh, like you said, I do believe it's a lot focused on the area, the, the area I was talking about uh, where the Bogart had took up residence. I mean, I, you know, I'm looking at those few things and it's, there's a, it's, it sits in a bowl 
uh, more or less of cliffs. There's cliffs on all the way around this uh, rock outcroppings, uh, you know, and very uh, water. There's springs, literally, you know, you can dig down two feet and and hit groundwater. It's and from what I understand, you know, there's where there's rock and a lot of quartz outcroppings and and water, especially running. It's really highly energetic. I can see that because it's right there, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a lens, I guess. It's just my thought on that. Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's one of the things I keep running into, you know, running water and quartz, uh, you know, which quartz is used in what, to, you know, they say in devices, you know, that stores uh, memories, you know, it's using computers and, and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. Is running water over quartz, does that do something? You know what I mean? Does that, right. you know, I, I don't right. know, but it's, it's certainly something that happens again and again in all these different locations. It's something I find. Well, I know you. I know you like the ghost light, so I've got a one a one quick ghost light story for you. And this, oh, yeah. this happened to my this happened to my sister, and this was a, this is the exact same property. We've got a, a my sister actually had built a, a small cabin there. Uh, it's a, my grandpa's old place, so there's a we got a cabin there, and she's she spends a lot of time. Don't live there, but spends a lot of time there. And and this happened just I think it was last year. Uh, her and her. Uh, Fiance was driving up to to the cabin. There's a long, a long driveway from uh, the road, which is a gravel road. But there's a long driveway uh, up to the cabin. So they're driving up to there, and they uh, see all at once. There's like what they thought at first was an ATV right behind them. I mean, right behind her in a pickup truck. So and it's right right on their tailgate, coming all the way up the driveway. To the, and this is probably, I don't know, a few, few hundred yards or so driveway. And really didn't, they really didn't think anything of it because there's some ATV tra- traffic on that dirt road uh, all the time. And they know people that, that ride ATVs up there. So didn't think really nothing out of it and stop the vehicle at the, in front of the cabin, get out. And there's no, no nothing behind them, nothing at all behind them. And I mean, she was like, "Well, I don't know," but she's she's had so many experiences there. She's it's like it's like no big deal, you know. I mean, she's had the trail trail cam on the feeding site there, and, and so, so I mean, there's been weird camera, weird pictures, you know, unexplainable pictures on it, and then she's seen other things there, and I mean. But uh, yeah, she said it. it looked, she thought it was a a headlight of ATV. Oh wow! Big, uh, but it was right behind them. There's no, there's no way. I mean, there's absolutely no way on this earth that it could have been an ATV right behind them. And then as soon as they stop the vehicle and get out, it's gone. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way. Yep, I was going to ask you. I do. I would have been surprised if there wasn't at least some kind of light, weird light story associated with. Yeah, that. yeah. The pictures on the game cam is it is it light phenomenon that she's catching? Oh well, uh, there there was there's a series on there, and there's there's eye shine. I've got eye shine on the side of a tree, and at first, you know, I was, I was, flip, was flipping through them because I. I, I take all the chips off of the camera and, and just look through them and there's there's eye shine on the side of a tree 
Uh, didn't think really much of it at first because you get all kinds of wildlife. You know, you get coons, you get, you know, even bears, deers, what, what have you, about anything you can name. But then I got to realizing how far the tree was in the frame and the house wide set the eyes w- w- were. And I mean, it's, 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 there's three consecutive shots. There's shot with eye shine, next shot, there's no eye shine. Next shot, there's eye shine, but it's just a little bit different. And what had triggered the camera, there was a deer in the foreground between the eye shine and the camera. At, there's a stump there that we use for, for wildlife, feeding wildlife and got mm-hmm. a salt block for them. So that's one thing. And then I stepped off. I had stepped off the uh, distance from the camera, and I, I've got the figures wrote down somewhere, but it's it's uh, – it was like over a hundred feet. So if it was, if it was a coon, and I mean, you could see the eyes, but you can't see anything else or what appears to be eye shine. I'm not going to say it's eye shine, but it appears to be eye shine. Right. But there's nothing, there's no indication of any kind of animal on, on the tree. And it would be, he would either have to be on the tree or standing behind the tree. And the tree's kind of uh, laid over diagonally. He would have to be standing on the ground or laying on the tree trunk. But if it's standing on the ground, the eye shines at the seven feet level. Because I'm six one, and I had a uh, tape measure at seven feet where I could about guess where the eyes was. Mm-hmm. So it it would have, if it was a coon, it would be it would have to have been a a coon or even a, even a cat of a tremendous size. I mean, for that that spacing between eye shine, I'm not right. forget it, you know. Uh, estimating, but I, I know that you have, if you know the the, diam- and the diameter of the tree and the distance and stuff, you can get a rough estimate. And and besides, there's a deer that's halfway between the uh, the camera and the tree, and his eye shine is not as wide as whatever's on the tree. Right. You know, right. a doe. So, but then there's, there's another one. I don't know how, you know, I'm kind of iffy myself. There's another series that's got orbs you know and i know the controversy about orbs and i agree with it too mm-hmm. you know dust whatever but they're just they're strange they're in patterns yeah and and they're not they're not uh, you know, on any other series you know you would think you would get orbs uh if he's gonna get dust or whatever what have you you'd have them on at different occurrences but there's not and then there's i have one where there it's on a stump and there's something in i couldn't tell you what it was. I mean, I it, I can't even describe what it is. I'll send you the pictures I'm talking about, and let you see, especially the one behind the. But whatever it is, it looks. I, I'll let you decide what it looks like because I can't even describe what it looks like. And it's right behind the uh, stump, and I mean, you can it's it's there, and there's and there's no there's no the picture before it was like uh, I I'm, can't remember the time, but it was like that day early that morning. This is like at night and the following picture the next picture was like the following morning so there's no immediate before and after mm-hmm. uh, picture to trip you know trip in the picture but i'll send you that especially that one that you get your opinion on it but yeah yeah i'd like to see it yeah the, the reason i asked is because i've seen you know a lot of people will show me trail cam pictures and a lot of it's like i don't know a lot of it'll be something you know that, that's, mm-hmm. and you can't say but some of the more interesting ones i've seen have been kind of light phenomenon have been orbs and things like that and yeah you know, again it's like you said i can't you know it's the hardest thing in the world to prove especially because there there are so many orb pictures that turn out to be dust or whatever but uh 
you know, the, the, some of these are really, really interesting. Some of the ones I've seen. Right. There's a, another little quick one to give you an instance of the, the varying uh, of the phenomena, I guess you could say there. Uh, my, my sister and it was, uh, and my mother and my stepfather was uh, up there. This has been back last year too. This was in the evening. I mean, it was like, uh, one or two o'clock in the afternoon and my sister and stepdad both saw this and this would be uh, the same they were standing in the driveway same driveway that the orb was in or or the uh, i'm sorry the light was in that followed the pickup truck but i was standing there and there's and this a black uh my sister described it as a rip in space is what she said came across from one side of the mountain which would have been one cliff edge all way across the road and into the cliff edge, the rock face of the of, of the opposite side. And my sister and my stepdad both saw that, and they they described it as a just a black mass with so that you could see different uh, different you know it might be more transparent in some areas, mm-hmm. but they would most describe the trailing end of it as like flapping like a flapping motion uh you know the front end was was more stable and and the back end was like a uh, you know a fluttery flapping motion right but uh, you know they i mean they both saw that and i i don't have no reason not to believe either one of them my family but you know my, my stepfather he's a, he's a church man and he would not lie to save him and you know he's like, i don't know what it could have been you know it was yeah. just a black form, moving a black free moving form. You know, I don't know if I'm going to see something. I guess if it keeps its distance, I don't mind. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know the 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 cliff that it went into, right on top of that, virtually right on top of that hill is where I heard the whatever come after me. You know, the the stumping and the the children's voices. I mean, it's the same cliff. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, yeah, that's very, very interesting. That's yeah, not, not the least bit surprising, actually. Yeah. I mean, there's so much happening there. It's just, I, I don't know, it's just, I'm going to try to document it all eventually, but, you know, it's just, there's so many little weird, weird things happening there. But yeah. oh, I've yeah. got one, I've got, I've got one more. We've hit every, pretty much every base. I was wondering if you wanted a good uh, UFO story. Oh, absolutely. Okay, okay. Now, this is, this is a pretty, uh, pretty good one, and, and uh, this also happened to my father. Uh, he was a police at the time in this, this small town here. I'm not going to say where, but it's just, you know, it's a smaller co-town. And uh, there was uh, him and, and one other officer um, at the time. One, you know, one's with patrol, one part of town, the other patrol, the other. And he gets a call from this other officer. He says, meet me at this uh, certain restaurant, and I need to talk. Okay, nothing out of the ordinary. And uh, my dad meets him there, and uh, this other officer starts telling him, "It's like um, I've seen lights uh, in the sky up here, at this uh, in this hollow on, on his patrol area." And no man's like, "Okay, you know, what are you talking about?" He's like, "I've seen like strange lights. Come with me, you know, follow me." And no man was telling me, he's like, uh, well, you know, I didn't know what to think. I think maybe he needed to sleep a while or rest or something. And he told him, he said, go 
go turn your radio off and, and, and get you a few winks and I'll cover your town. He's like, no, 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 come. You need to come with me. So he talks him into following. He's following him up this, uh, what, what at that time would have been just a little gravel road led to some fields back out of town, just, just right out of town. And uh, they're talking back and forth over their car radios, you know. The, behind him, and he said, at once he said, there's a big bright spot that appeared in the sky right up ahead of him. And he said, it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And old man's hollering on the radio. He's like, it's going to hit you. And he said, it come right over top of their cars. And, and he was like, it, it just about took the lights off of the, his uh, partner's car in front of him. Says it flies over, sits down in this field. So it says it just sits straight down. And the uh, old man and uh, the other police see they get they get out and they're walking up to it and he he, he always laughed and he said uh, I won't say his name he said he was shaking pretty bad so he said you could hear the the round the bullets in his in his revolver shaking you know wow. <laughs> and he said that he 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 hears him pull pull it and cocks his cocks a, a pistol and he's like put that away you know I mean it's, it's nothing. You don't need that. We'll do any good anyway. So they're coming up on this. They're coming up on this uh, UFO on the ground, or just sitting on the ground. He said there was no. He, this is the way he described it. He said it looked like a discus, like an Olympic discus, you know, like a pipe or two pipe hands or whatever, just but like a discus. Mm-hmm. He said it was like thirty-five, forty feet across and probably half that in the middle. He said it looked like fluorescent light all over it. But there was like swirling, swirling colors all in it. It was like different colors. Couldn't see any kind of uh, landing gear, any kind of porthole, any anything. It was, it was just perfectly smooth and uh, lit, light lit up. And he's they're coming up on this, and he was just had to know my old man. I mean, he was not scared of anything like that. I mean, he was it was a very uh, tough individual. And had he, he said he had every intention to seeing what was in it if he could, but he said he got they both got within thirty feet or so of it. Said it raised up real slow, about thirty five forty feet. Said that hung just hung there silently for a second or two, gone. Said it was just in that. I mean, just as quick. He always likened it to the next generation when uh, Enterprise goes into warp speed. He said that's what it's like. It's like it was just streaked and gone. You know. But he told and he told me that his whole life, and and this is uh this is the weird part if you can say that well all that wasn't weird. What time that they had been gone, the dispatch had been hollering at both of them. They had been continuously hollering. They they, they hear the radio was going off like, uh, well we've been trying to contact you, but they had been on their radios talking back and forth, but dispatch didn't hear them. So. You know, they was they was radio silent for 30, 30, 40 minutes or whatever. But although that they was you had been using their radios, mm-hmm. and then, you know they decided you know not to, which I don't I don't blame either one of them for deciding not to report that because I mean this would have been the late sixties, so yeah, you know I mean I no you know man needs his job yeah. Right, but the old man, my man, my man told that to. I've heard, I heard the story all my life, and I mean, he wasn't, he was not a man giving over to exaggeration of any time, any kind. You know? mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that must have been something. So there's no, yeah. there's not necessarily missing time. There's just time where, where they were on the radio that other people couldn't hear them. In other words, right? Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it was it was those radio silence for thirty over thirty minutes. Although they was using the radio and they could talk back and forth to one another, but dispatch couldn't hear them, which mm-hmm. they should should have heard them. You know, right, right. You, get, you got two officers in the field and talking back and forth, and dispatch can't is not receiving. I mean, that's that's not logical. Yeah, it's not. Well, it wasn't for them. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, that's wild. Up close and personal. So yeah. did, did he say if it made any sound? No, he said it was. He said it was completely silent the whole time. So there was no no sound whatsoever. It just uh, and you know he said it was it was sitting on the ground, but uh, there was no. He didn't see any kind of like landing gear or anything. He just said it would look like a discus and it was completely smooth and emitting light, like a like a fluorescent light. I'm I'm assuming more or less white, you know. Mm-hmm. But there was swirls of color and bands of color moving through them, you know, moving through it. That's an awesome story. Yeah, he's he uh, he told me. I mean, you know, it's something that he told me in my whole life. And I mean, that's I don't know. I've never personally. I, I would like to see something, but the closest I've came as far as UFOs is just you know I've seen weird lights in the skies and stuff like that. But, I've never seen what I would say would be a, a even claim could be a, an alien uh, spacecraft, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, and once again, as we were saying, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that's what they are anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. He was, uh, my man's pet theory, even back then was, uh, they were either in, interdimensional or time, you know, he's mm-hmm. from the future or something. That was his, he never did really subscribe to the, what he would go into it. Like I said, this stuff never interested my dad. He was just more straight right. up, you know. Isn't that funny though? People have these experiences and they're just, some people are just like, yeah, it's whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and they'll tell them, I mean, they'll tell you about them, but then you could just tell that it's not that, you know, they they don't have a lot of interest in it. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't, but you now he, he was, a, he was a very brave man as far as, I mean, he was afraid of anything really afraid of anything but he did not like you know supernatural paranormal stuff is the only thing that really bothered him as far as as uh, uh really not liking it you know right now, i guess i and i heard it from him that part i was like uh, i'm like I, I really wish that dude i really wish it was so as simple as as what you know science uh tell, tells us it is but I don't know. It's, I mean, I, I know better, and I, and I understand it's all my evidence is all anecdotal, but that's all that matters to me is 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 my experiences and what I've gleaned from it. I, I you know, I can't I can tell people they can either believe me or not, but it don't really at the end of the day it don't really matter to me other than my children knowing. And like I said before, that if something weird happens to them, uh, you know, kind of don't let it. Don't let it lure you in, I guess. Right, right. It's the best. Yeah. Well, Lance, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for uh, indulging me and letting me uh, get this stuff off my chest. Uh, it's really, it's been uh, it's been rough, you know, trying to, to think about all these things and you don't have anybody to talk to that it could even come close to 
you know, understanding what you're saying or, or right. oh, giving yeah. you the benefit of the doubt. Either, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm lucky in that I get to talk about it all the time, but uh, yeah, I understand. There's a lot of people are well, isolated with it. I tell you, uh, I'll send you, I'll send you those uh, photos and, and uh, description of what you're looking at and stuff. And, um, you know, I've got some more stories sometimes if you're interested. I, I want to try to, uh, of course, between, you know, working a regular job and I'm trying to get all these things put together and, and put them on a blog or something. But uh, I really uh, I really appreciate you talking with me. And oh, sure thing. Best, best of luck with, uh, with your endeavors you're doing. You're doing valuable work. I mean, uh, there are people out there that does appreciate what you're doing. So. Thank you so much. Did you want to share your blog? You're welcome to share it. If- well, it's uh, it's Appalachian uh, Paranormal Experiences, but now it's I mean it's pretty it's pretty uh, <laughs> simple. At the, I've got I think I've got a couple of my stories on there. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not an accomplished writer by no means. My my job is is got me in the habit of writing uh, as as uh, un unflary as you know. What I write on the job is, is to the point, and there's no uh, story elements to it. So it, I'm not a very accomplished writer, but and the blog is pretty pretty simple. But I'm I'm hoping to I'm hoping to work on it as as much as possible and, and share some of the experiences and stuff out there with everybody. Well, you'd be surprised. Local, yeah. local folks might be more willing to reach out to you than to me. Uh, oh yeah, I might be surprised by that. Well, I, you know, I absolutely would love if anybody has any experiences, especially with the, the, the you know, the beckoning voice phenomenon. That's and and like the the trickster type incidences. I, I would love to hear about because you know, I can't be the only one with obviously with the beckoning voices. I'm not, but I can't be the only one that's had jokes more or less to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Played on in hills, and I would love to hear from anybody anytime. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Have a good evening. You too. Scream Familiars is brought to you by our patrons. Thank you so much, patrons. Without our patrons' help, we could not make Strange Familiars. If you would like to become a patron and help us make Strange Familiars and get bonus content besides, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com strangefamiliars. There's all different levels of support there. You can get things like t-shirts, books, music, and more. But at just $3 a month, you get full extra episodes of Strange Familiars. We do at least one exclusive patron episode every month. Often we do more, and we try to give other bonuses besides. You can check it out again at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you do not like the idea of a monthly subscription like Patreon and you still want to help, there's a paypal.me link in the show notes of every episode at strangefamiliars.com where you can make a donation via PayPal. Everyone can help by sharing the show on social media, liking and subscribing wherever you're listening, whether it's Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is you're listening, and leave us those nice five-star reviews. That helps get the podcast in front of new potential listeners. And of course, I want to thank everyone for listening. 
And I want to send out a very special thank you to Anne V for her very kind PayPal donation. Thank you very much, Anne. That's a huge help. We will be back soon with another episode of Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. DarkHollerArts.com Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can also join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. And we are on Instagram, at strangefamiliars. Hey, Tim. Uh, my name is Jamie. I live in Alberta, Canada. And for quite a while, I lived in Prince George, British Columbia, and uh, spent a lot of time in the bush. Not so much nowadays with the family, but try and get out as much as I can. But I'm a seasoned bush person. And my buddy, who also is very seasoned in the bush, uh, and I were out one day... Uh, looking for some medicine in the forest. I'm First Nations. I go out and collect medicine off and on. Anyway, we parked on the highway. We thought that might be a good spot where we had stopped to uh, walk off into the bush. Out in the highway, we were quite a ways away from town. So we go into this forest, kind of a swampy area. And we're looking around, and uh, we don't find a whole lot, so we decide we'll head back to the car and maybe look elsewhere. Now, you got to keep in mind that the snow was on the ground, so we could see our tracks. Not a lot of snow, but enough to know where we came from. And in the process of walking around, we made more tracks. Well, still, we could follow our tracks out. And when we turned around to leave... We both, both of us, just got confused. I lost one of my good axes that I used to go get medicines. It just kind of disappeared. I must have left it on the ground. Walked around to find that. I couldn't find it. Not a trace of it. And it got to the point where I had to pull out my phone, and luckily there was service, and go on Google Maps and locate myself to see where the highway was. And the highway, I could hear the cars going by, but still it's like something was trying to turn me another direction. I wasn't, didn't have no confidence that the highway was in that direction, even though I could hear those, the cars driving by, so I had to follow that app out. And then we came out by the highway and everything was fine. But it was kind of a creepy feeling, because uh, I don't usually get lost. I never get lost. I just spent... Five hours in the bush last weekend hunting. New area I haven't really ever gone in. I knew where I came in at. I knew where to get back out again. No problems. But that day, was kind of scary. And I was listening to your podcast with the Pigeon Hills today, and it just kind of dawned on me. I wanted to call you and leave a, a voicemail about that. You can use this if you want on your show. I really like your show. Uh, you guys seem like really good people, you and Soraya. You guys really remind me of uh, some friends I had back home. And one of my friends that had passed away uh, 
kind of nice to listen to your shows because you remind me of him, the way you guys act and talk. So it's kind of nice. Reminds me of him. It gives me a good feeling. So anyway, uh, yeah, I have some other stories. Maybe I'll call back another time. Have a great day. Okay. 